Hello, I'm Ken Seong, Technical Director of the International Ethics Standards Board for Accountants. <coughs> and I'm here with Stavros Tomadakis, Chair of the Board. We're joined by several board members, Marisa Ober, Don Thompson, Jim Gay, Gary Hannaford, and Richard Fleck. We're here to discuss some of the highlights from the ethics boards meeting held in New York, November 30th through December 4th, 2015. Stavros, this was the fifth and final full meeting of the board in 2015. What were some of the highlights and key developments from the meeting? Well, Ken, um, the meeting was an extraordinary meeting since uh, it lasted for five days instead of the usual four. And it involved ultimate discussion and approval of a number of projects. Uh, and I will just say a few words about those. Uh, first of all, the meeting decided to go on um, uh, three exposures, uh, an exposure draft on the structures project, uh, the structure of the code, an exposure draft on safeguards, the first phase of the safeguards project, and, and exposure draft on a partial revision of the long association uh, standard. So these are very important uh, items, all three of them. The task force leaders will talk about them in detail. I will say no more. I must also say that we closed off uh, the uh, uh, work, the documents on two other standards. One was the work on part C of the code, which has to do with the ethics responsibilities of uh, professional accountants in business. The other was NOCLAR, uh, which has to do with disclosing non-compliance to, um, well, with handling non-compliance uh, in the public interest on the part of auditors and public accountants in business. So uh, this has been overall a very important meeting. It closes off a year of long deliberation and reflection on these subjects. I believe it has been very successful, and I will leave it to uh, the colleagues who had led the task forces to say more about each one of these items. Thank you, Stavros. And uh, let me now turn to Gary Hannaford, who leads the project on safeguards. Gary, what were the highlights of the board's discussion this week? Thank you, Ken. When it comes to the uh, safeguards project, uh, just to remind you that the objective of the project was to improve the clarity, appropriateness, and effectiveness of safeguards in the code. And the board approved an exposure draft with respect to phase one of our project. Through enhanced clarity and more robust application material relating to the conceptual framework, the proposals in the exposure draft are aimed at further promoting the appropriate use of the conceptual framework among all professional accountants to comply with the fundamental principles of the code. The board believes that its proposal, which also include more robust application materials to explain the threats to compliance with the fundamental principles, will support professional accountants in fulfilling their responsibility to act in the public interest. Some specific provisions would be that we've provided an enhanced description of and more application material on the reasonable and informed third party test. We've clarified what constitutes a safeguard. We've established a new requirement or proposed to establish a new requirement and corresponding applica application material 
for the accountant to reevaluate trust to compliance with the fundamental principles when the professional accountant becomes aware of new information. And we've provided a revised definition that explains in, in an affirmative manner what is meant by acceptable level. In providing the including the provisions in the exposure draft, the board agreed to apply the drafting conventions that are used in the structure of the code project and we were able to develop an exposure draft that is consistent with that. Uh, this would complete phase one of our project. We will then move to phase two on how to apply these various provisions, particularly with respect to non-assurance services and look at conforming changes to, to uh, safeguards throughout the rest of the code. Thank you for this report back, Gary. Let me now turn to Don Thompson, who leads uh, the board's project on restructuring the code. Don, this was an important meeting for the project. Um, what was the main outcome of the board discussion? Thank you, Ken. So I, I'm very pleased that the board approved the proposals on the restructuring of the code. The, these proposals respond to input from a variety of stakeholders and they serve the public interest by improving the usability of the code, both its understandability and enforceability. Key features of this restructuring include distinguishing requirements while retaining the linkage to application material, increasing the prominence of the principles-based approach, applying the conceptual framework, increasing the clarity of responsibility, aligning with the requirements in ISQC-1 and ISAs, where they assign responsibility, and increasing clarity of language. The proposals also position the code for further enhancements to navigability, taking advantage of electronic features as those are developed. And it includes a guide to the code to facilitate use of it. The uh, board has focused on appropriately achieving its objectives while avoiding inadvertent changes of meaning and the uh, meeting this week continued its work in, um, in that regard. Thank you very much, Don. Uh, if I may now turn to Jim Gay, who leads the board's project on Part C. Um, Jim, what were the highlights of the board's discussion? I'm pleased that uh, Phase 1 of the work of the Part C task force has been approved by the board today. Phase one includes two standards. Uh, one is a revised standard on reporting entitled Preparation and Presentation of Information, which is section 320 of the code. The standard covers the preparation and presentation of both financial and non-financial information, regardless of whether there is a reporting framework for the information. The standard recognizes that professional accountants must use their discretion in making professional judgments about preparing and presenting information. The standard makes clear that such discretion may not be used with the intention of misleading others or of achieving inappropriate contractual or regulatory outcomes. It also lists the ways in which this might be done. In addition, it provides guidance to professional accountants in case they know or have reason to believe that information is misleading or may affect these outcomes. The other standard that was approved today is a new section, Section 370, entitled Pressure to Breach the Fundamental Principles. This section recognizes that such pressure may be implicit or explicit and may come from within or outside the professional accountant's employing organization or from attempting to meet targets or expectations. It makes clear that professional accountants shall not allow pressure from others to violate the fundamental principles. It also states that professional accountants shall not pressure others to violate the fundamental principles of the code. 
In addition, Section 370 provides guidance to professional accountants about steps they may take to address such threats. In addition, the Board approved a change to Section 300, which is the introduction to Part C, to clarify the responsibilities of professional accountants to encourage and promote an ethics-based culture. It recognizes that their ability to do so depends on the seniority of the professional accountant in the organization, and that the more senior a person is, the greater their responsibility. The work in Phase 1 was done according to the style of the current code. Since the Board is engaged in a large project to restructure the code, as just discussed by Don Thompson, the first priority of the task force is to restructure Section 320 and 370. Following this, the task force will continue its work on Phase 2. It will begin by considering the issue of the applicability of Part C to professional accountants in public practice. The task force will focus on identifying alternative approaches to addressing this important issue, identifying and assessing the pros and cons of the alternatives, and to make a recommendation to the board as to how it should proceed. In addition, the task force will revise Section 350 entitled Inducements, which concerns gifts, hospitality, and inducements to act in ways that may violate the fundamental principles or which are inconsistent with the organization's legitimate objectives. The revised standard uh, will uh, both uh, address the offering and, and providing of inducements and the acceptance of inducements. It is important that violations of laws or regulations, for example, bribery and corruption of government officials are or will be addressed in other parts of the code. This section will focus on acts that violate the fundamental principles of the code, but that comply with laws and regulations. Thank you, Jim. Let me now turn to Marissa Aubert and uh, invite Marissa to share uh, the main outcomes of the board discussion, uh, discussion on association. So this project has been considering whether the provisions in the code can be improved that relate to long association of personnel on an audit engagement with an audit client. The board's proposals were exposed late last year and the board has been working since then to consider feedback received and finalising the proposals. The feedback that the board has continued to debate has related to the cooling off period of the EQCR on an audit engagement for a public interest entity and also whether the code should recognise different safeguards that might be present in jurisdictions. The board's debate on these issues has resulted in revised proposals related to the rotation requirements for key audit partners on PIES and this includes increasing the cooling off periods for the engagement quality control reviewer. The board having come to a position on these issues has voted at this meeting to issue the revised proposals for public comment. This will be a limited exposure of the proposals that represent a substantial change from the August 2014 exposure draft which specifically relate to the rotation requirements for key audit partners serving public interest entities. Thank you, Marissa. Now let me finally turn to Richard Fleck, who is a member of the NOCLAR Task Force. Richard, could I invite you to share your um, take on the board discussion on the project? The uh, non-compliance with laws and regulations uh, task force has been considering a number of responses that came in following the consultation uh, earlier this, ye this year and in particular also the views of principal shareholders, stakeholders, who've had views on uh, the way in which the uh, proposed section has been structured. The issues that have predominantly uh, exercised uh, the task force have been to get the balance right in the response that the auditors should uh, 
take when encountering uh, suspected or actual non-compliance with laws and regulations, and in particular, the process that they should go through and the circumstances in which they should exercise professional judgment. The task force has also been concerned with the approach that should be taken to the communication of such uh, non-disclosure or, uh, or non-compliance with laws and regulations uh, to other parts of the group that, is, that the entity may be part of, in particular to the engagement team overseeing the audit of the group as a whole. We had a very constructive discussion, which certainly refined the board's reaction to the various consultation responses. And as a result of that discussion, there are a limited number of items which the task force will be addressing early in the new year. As a result of the discussion that we had this week, uh, we're confident that we'll be able to conclude this long-running but very important project at the board's March meeting by approving a final text of the section. Thank you, Richard, and thank you again, Stavros, uh, Gary, uh, Don, uh, Jim, and Marisa. Uh, the next meeting of the Ethics Board will be held March 14th through 16th, uh, 2016, in Madrid, Spain. Ethics Board meetings are open to the public, and we encourage those interested to observe our meetings. To register as an observer, go to the meetings page of the Ethics Board's website at www.ethicsboard.org where you can also find more information about the board and the projects discussed. The Ethics Board records a podcast summary following each meeting. You can subscribe to our podcast channel in iTunes by searching IFAC, Accountancy Podcast, in the Apple iTunes Store. You can also follow us on Twitter at ethics underscore board. And thank you for listening.